Hey, welcome back to the Beginner Photography Podcast brought to you by CloudSpot, the all-in-one solution for photographers to deliver and sell your photos online. Hey, we have another Community Spotlight interview coming at you today. This is my opportunity to interview you, a member of the Beginner Photography Podcast community, uh, to learn more about you, your struggles, and why you love this crazy thing that we do, photography. Now, today I am chatting with Michael Collins from the group. Michael is... He's very new to photography, but just by looking at his photos, I wouldn't have guessed as such. So we talked today about the process and struggles of learning photography while photographing wildlife, which is already difficult enough, even for the pros, you know. There is some great insight here that I know you are going to love. And if you stick around towards the end of the episode, I end up sharing a few editing tips with Michael that hopefully you can use and uh, try out for yourself. And remember, if you want to be a part of the friendliest place on the internet for photographers to share photos, ask questions, and grow their skills, well, come join us in the Beginner Photography Podcast community by heading over to beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. That link will take you right there. So with that, let's go ahead and dive on into this interview with Michael Collins. Michael, I just want to know, uh, who are you and what do you do? Michael Collins and father of father of four. That's pretty much me. <laughs> nice and easy. I love it. Uh, tell me how you got started in photography because you're relatively new, right? Oh, yeah. I've uh, been five months, about November 2022, actually. I got my son was... 15 year old made an interest in photography. So I picked up a DSLR for him, a little uh, Canon 2000D. And I got to playing with that. And <laughs> I was, I was playing around with it. I was like, man, this is pretty cool. So I started you know, whittling it down to, okay, what, what would I want if I wanted a camera? So whittled that down and I got myself a, a Canon SL3. And now we're both going out and taking pictures and, and blast learning with each other. That is awesome. What was it about when you when you grabbed that uh, T7 and started shooting for yourself? What was it that made you think like, wow, this is this is really cool? Something about the the dedicated camera that you know you don't have to worry about notifications going off when you're shooting with your phone, or you know, it's just looking through the viewfinder too. It's just you can't beat that feeling. Had you shot uh, earlier, like uh, in your younger years while you were a child or anything like that? Or you're brand new to photography? Oh, I had those little point and shoots and those little wind up film cameras, mm -hmm. you know, a couple Polaroids growing up, but never really, never really an interest in it back then. Uh, those little Sony like Cybershot. Sure. Little four times zoom Sony Cybershot. I actually used that for a while with my son, his uh, 2000D walk around doing like street photography with them with that like comparing images like i can't even see my screen but <laughs> <laughs> i think it looks cool so uh when it came time to buy your own camera i guess like like uh what was your what was your intention is it just to just to take better photos along with your son like what was it that the uh, that the sony wasn't doing for you oh reach i wanted a uh, better reach Wanted to get better, better image quality for sure, and uh, shutter speed. Honestly, I wanted to like freeze images in their place. You know, fast moving objects and stuff. 
that little Sony Shiber shot, you'd take a picture and some would move and it would just be streaked across, which it's a cool look if you're you know, doing it intentionally. But I really wanted to just freeze like cars driving by and birds flying or like a leaf falling from a tree or something to like catch that just as it's falling. Just, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned shutter speed there. Um, tell me where you're at as far as uh, learning the tool of photography, because uh, I'm Am I right to assume that uh, that you're not just shooting uh, in automatic mode, but you're you're taking more control of your camera? Oh, I actually started right out the gate in manual. Yeah, you know, you 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 hear everybody talking. On, when I was doing my research, you hear everybody talking about, oh, you got to shoot in manual. We we all shoot in manual. You get creative with it and stuff. So I'm right out the gate. I'm I'm gonna figure this thing out, right? So, you know, all that information out there searching YouTube, looking up, looking up videos. And that's actually how I stumbled across your podcast and, and the Facebook community was just research and finding things out. And uh, the exposure triangle is what I kept coming across. So I was like, okay, cool. So, oh man, that was, that was definitely an experience getting all the settings right and dialing it in. Like, click, click, that doesn't work. <laughs> get a bright white screen like oh crap what i do yeah it's way <laughs> too much light yeah <laughs> yeah right so, so i'm learning like down dial it down so how do you fix that a lot of it's uh yeah like a lot of it's backwards so i was like dropping the uh dropping the shutter speed raising my iso and ooh, that didn't work out either so <laughs> so i just found a nice nice medium ground in there i got the hang of the exposure triangle and found out about TV mode and AV mode. I'm like, no way. <laughs> yeah, this sounds so, much easier. Yeah, than than going full yeah, manual right yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, right. Full manuals. I can like full manual was really cool. I did I did started off like astrophotography. Mm. Really like really enjoyed doing that on my phone. And that was so cool getting those shots on my phone alone. I got the uh S twenty one Ultra. So that took some phenomenal pictures and started doing it with my, my camera, figuring that out because pro mode and settings are fairly similar, but I have way more control with my DSLR than I would my, my camera because like, my mind was blown. Like, I don't have all these settings on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so di like, how long would you say that it took you from, uh, finding out about manual mode and and what it was to feeling uh somewhat confident uh that when you would go out and shoot that it wouldn't just be pure white or or pure black oh i'd say that took me maybe a solid month shooting every day kind of dialing everything in and playing with it to understand like okay this does this this does this okay cool oh i just got my uh like shutter speed uh, was one of my biggest things that I wanted to always like keep it low, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to keep the shutter speed a little low and I didn't understand like how fast I could go because it got real dark. And I was like, ah, I don't know how to compensate for that yet. <laughs> and I was kind of nervous to adjust everything else. But two people online, this other group I was in actually made a cool story. I'm go off track. But I was shooting, shooting, uh, Uber's hog came flying by in my neighborhood. I was actually coming home and a Cooper's hawk flies up in a tree. And I'm like, 
so excited. Dialed all my settings in like real fast, real fast. I'm sporadic. I'm okay. Uh, shot it a few times. It was like really, really bright background overcast day. And the front of the Hawk was just dark. And I'm like, but I shared the image anyway. Uh, so nervous to do that, but I shared it anyway. This guy, real friendly guy on, on a different group I was in told me about exposure compensation. And that is where my mind was blown again. I was like, whoa, I can do that. So very next day, I, I practiced with this little uh, little Thanos figure I got. <laughs> I put him up on my deck. And, okay, I got low. I was shooting up at the, the, the thing, and I was like, trying that exposure compensation dialed in my settings. Like, subject was standing still, so my shutter speed didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. So my aperture, I was, I was franking it, right? I had the aperture like F11, I think. Yeah. And he would remember his comment. He's like, are you mad? I'm like, I mean, jury's out, bud. <laughs> so I shared that with my settings and he actually helped me through it. And he shared very useful, uh, little graph that showed me my specific lens versus all the settings and what it does, what the ranges. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that is so useful. So shooting that little Thanos figure, man, I dialed it in. Thanos was really, really nice and bright out front. Background was still kind of crappy because it was an overcast day, but I left it there and I kept my camera in the car. Because at the time, you know, I had taking the SD card out for whatever reason, memory card. <laughs> Didn't even have my lens on, but scrambled to get that to shoot the hawk the first time. But the very next day, I saw the same hawk in a different tree. Like, I get out of my car, I leave my door wide open of my car, and just sitting there in the road. You're like, this is my Doors moment. wide open. <laughs> yeah. I'm creeping up, creeping up, doing the zigzag motion so I don't start living. Shooting it, shooting it, checking, shooting it, shooting it, checking. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. One of my best shots. <laughs> uh, I was two months in, mm-hmm. two and a half months in, I got that Cooper's Hawk, and... Man, incredible moment when I got that clear shot. The front was, you know, light was great. Yeah, that always feels good. Uh, I, I remember some of the first photos that I got that uh, when shooting manual where you think to yourself like, hey, wait a second, this isn't half bad. Uh, maybe I could actually do something with this. Like this is this is a really exciting moment. Like I'm in full control of this camera. Um, but you said earlier, uh, you know, when, when you had started, you wanted to keep your shutter speed low. Uh but you didn't want to really adjust your other settings uh, or you said that you were nervous to adjust everything else. Why were you nervous to adjust your other settings? ISO makes me nervous. Why? Because you get the, you get all that, that noise in the background. You can see it's kind of like not very, not real pixely, but uh, more like uh, grainy maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, you can see it in the background and around your subject. And I struggled with the ISO for a while. The aperture, I think I was, I was grasping because, you know, I want to keep the aperture at like 5.6 or like the low end of, of my lens. The 5.6 to 7 was the sweet spot for that, that 55 to 250 mm. shooting like wildlife. So you just wanted to stay oh. within, within that range and then all of your other settings you wanted to, uh, make so that, 
you could then capture a photo. So you wanted to stick within the within the aperture range. You wanted to keep your ISO low. So then at that point, you're just riding the shutter speed dial to to figure out how to get a uh, uh, a usable photo. Is that it? Yeah, okay. yeah. And then I, I then I discovered auto ISO. Ah, okay. So <laughs> and I was like, I can set that. Uh, <laughs> Are you using that uh, uh, quite a bit today? Uh, auto ISO. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I pretty much stay in auto ISO. I have it. I have it set to like a maximum of sixteen hundred right now, and then I'll stay in TV mode if I'm gonna if I'm doing converting into now. Then the camera does a pretty good job at and TV mode at deciding what my aperture should be and selecting the, the ISO mm-hmm. that and the range that I selected for it. And then all I got to do is crank that shutter back and forth and doing pretty well. I see. But so, then I still have the option to like click it back to manual if I decide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And especially use uh, exposure compensation. That always helps uh, for sure. Very, um, very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when you're out shooting, uh, you're mostly shooting uh, a wildlife, right? You go out and you photograph wildlife. Uh, what have been, what have been the challenges in that? And I guess, I guess let me start before that. Did you have an interest in wildlife before getting the camera and, uh, and photographing it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I get, I get birds out my window, out my kitchen window. And I'm always really always out in the woods. Son and I like take, taking hikes and whatever. Mm-hmm. So having cameras on us all the time, we can actually, take pictures of what we see and share with family and friends. And Hey, look what we saw. We're this close to the deer or wild turkeys out in the wood. Gotcha. You know, share our, totally share our experiences. Yeah. It is a fun way to, uh, that's one thing that I love about photography is that it's a, uh, it's a shared experience. It can be, uh, when you go out and, and shoot with somebody else. And I, I always find it so interesting, uh, to see, because if you're both seeing the same thing, you can both walk away with like very different uh, photos. Do you find that with uh, with you and your son, or do you guys keep it uh, pretty similar yeah. in your visual styles? Well, we're pretty different in our, our visual styles. I love the photos my son takes, man. Like his perspectives, like he loves moss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll photograph moss and like things I didn't even see, like a spilled bucket. There's a, there was a spilled bucket with like some rocks in it, and he just kicked up dirt inside and there's like grass around it. He got this so, so cool shot of that. It was underneath the deck we were on. Like I wouldn't even have gone. He's down there and shoots it. It's, like, it's so cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, when, when you guys are shooting together, um, do you find that you guys will, uh, uh, like, is there any sort of like friendly competition or anything, or is it purely just like, let's, let's just see, let's just see what we get just pure like let's see what you get let's see what i get mm-hmm. different perspectives like what did what did you see that i missed and what did i see that you may have missed you know like yeah we went out one time and uh we found it out uh warren dunes we're just shooting landscapes trying to get wildlife it was kind of a gloomy day nothing was really happening so we end up at a, a little creek and just the way the water was running in the creek and there's this that, that tube like went over a bridge we're under there. He, he, I am shooting over some rocks and watching the water come over the rocks and I'm shooting those freezing in place and I'm kind of doing a long exposure, trying things out. And I look back and he is in that tube. 
shooting towards me. <laughs> I see one of the pictures of me sitting there <laughs> doing my pictures. <laughs> he just got such a cool shot of the water running off. It's just so crisp. And I would have never thought to go in that tube. He ended up putting his hand open on that. <laughs> Jeez. On that uh, metal. It's worth a uh, shot. Yeah. It, whatever it takes yeah. to get the shot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hundred percent worth it. <laughs> Water shots he got was so just so pristine. Do you think that you would, um, be as into photography as you are if you didn't have, uh, your son to shoot with? Don't think I would have picked up a camera. No. Well, let, let's assume that you did. Do you, or, okay. Let's, uh, do you find that when, uh, you and your son go out to shoot, um, Obviously, you bring the camera, but say he can't is at school or, or something like that. Do you still feel like the the drive or the the motivation to go out and shoot just for yourself? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He'll be at school. My camera pretty much comes with me everywhere. Ah, oh, okay. okay. Like I'll I'll charge my batteries at night and then just keep it in the car because I'll see vultures and flying everywhere. And- so when you say you take your camera with you everywhere, it's uh, still with the intention of, of, of shooting wildlife or just all sorts of life? Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. Yeah, mostly wildlife. If I see something else that catches my eye, then of course it's with me, but... Gotcha. uh, Today on lunch, I went out to Warren Dunes and... Just kind of chilled out there, ate my lunch, and walked down to walked down to the beach. Shot some seagulls flying over the lake. Shot a shot a landscape. I can go down to the nuclear plants right down the road from right well right down the lake, I guess. Still working on that uh, composition, positioning it. Tell, tell me about that. What's 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 been the trouble? Landscapes have been going on on what to put in the image and not. You know, not to have it too cluttered, but, <laughs> you know, have something interesting to to shoot in there. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll want to have like a single tree in the middle, but then I shoot it and then I look at it and I can't even see the tree really. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because, <laughs> you know, is it because the background is uh, is so busy? Yeah, yeah. Like everything's still pretty dead right now. Nothing's oh, bloomed. Mm-hmm. Right? So I got these little stick trees and then you got the sand in the background. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> from from the dunes I'm shooting at, and then it just the sand just takes over. Yep. I'm like, well, that's not a very good one. <laughs> it didn't turn out well now you yeah. know next time that uh that, that doesn't work. So you, you at least you learned something, right? Um uh, 
Yeah, it's funny. I love uh, I love going out uh, as well, whether it's a state park or something. And and I know that I've been in situations where it's like there's this beautiful tree that's just like in the middle of this opening. And you're like, that is so beautiful. Like, I want to capture this. But there's something lost in just having the uh, not having the stereoscopic vision like we have with our eyes, right? With just two eyes, but just the one lens. And there's there's no depth perception when you only have you know, just, just a single lens that it just all is so flat together and stands, uh, it, it just all blends in. And you, and you think to yourself, you're like, how did, how did it look so good in front of me? But this photo is, uh, like, I'm just going to delete it. Like it's not even worth like saving for, uh, for anything. So that's going to be something that, uh, you know, you got to figure out how to, um, what tricks you can come up with to to make these things uh, interesting and see them like uh, like you see them in your head. Uh, so so good luck with that because that's like I said that's going to be an ongoing thing uh, forever. Uh, w- when it comes to um, you know uh, photographing wildlife, uh, I know having talked to a few people that like one of the hardest things is um, just um, like uh, uh what am i trying to say here not not finding them but i guess um maybe going out with intention to to find say a hawk or something uh and then there's nothing out there do you do you find yourself in that situation or is it more i'm just going to go out and shoot and whatever's there like that that's my subject today well, for sure is a goal i i'm going out with just i see something you know and then and then you don't and it's kind of kind of discouraging cuz i'm shooting all these common birds right? I'm like, oh, I just want to see something cool. And then we get an eagle, a bald eagle. I'm like, oh, drop me to my knees. <laughs> a lot of it is learning, learning the animals and learning their habitats, learning their characteristics and where they're going to be at what time mm-hmm. and learning like where they are in my area for sure. There's a few birding groups that are local to me that I learned a lot from. They have a list of uh, places where they most commonly see. So I've been trying to hit those those areas more in the morning time, like sunrise and sunset, the hour before, or sorry, the hour after sunrise and the hour before sunset. And I've only really had time to go out during sunset <laughs> or sunrise and in the morning time. And there's a the park, a Galeen Park, just down the road from me. It's got this really tall lookout. Went out one morning, Saturday morning, went out there with the intention, okay, I'm going to get a big bird, right? Because I know there's like sandhill cranes and and great blue herrings out there. Man, I get out there. I'm, oh, it's like 32 degrees. I am shivering. I dress for the occasion, but man, it's cold. It's really crisp out on that balcony. The, the the boardwalk mm-hmm. it's really high up i'm sitting out there and a few ducks fly by and I'm, cool 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 got it and i look far far left and i see a white head black body I'm like no no way zoom in on it yep bald eagle sitting this perch way too far away to even get a shot uh-huh. <laughs> and right another bald eagle way way too far away but the learning experience there i know there's bald eagles right yeah my favorite bird great so i'm gonna that's that's notate that i'm gonna frequent that area and then there's a, another area out in 
another town, another town away in a band of golf course. Uh, just by chance, my son and I went out. He's looking for this bird that he keeps hearing. So we're a lot of it's identifying the the sounds of the birds and you know where they're located. And this bird, he was he kept hearing and hearing and hearing. He went down some morning. So we hear the morning dove. We're after that, but then I see off corner of my black and white just in the sky streaked. I'm like. Or you look, oh, no way. And that was the bald eagle. So I'm like, I'm out. Shoot that way and check my check my settings. Man, that was my that was my moment. <laughs> it, I the, left my son behind. I got so excited. Are, are these the uh, the photos that you posted in the group the other day of the bald eagle? Um, yeah, yeah. That was okay. the second, second occurrence of that that nest mm-hmm. so the first one oh man was finding out that there are bald eagles that location and i had no intention of you know shooting my favorite bird out there and oh man it dropped me to my knees i was in tears just firing away i hope i got something <laughs> yeah. i know my settings are good but banger banger got the most incredible shot if it banking but talk to a talk to a neighbor lady out there. She said the nest has been out there for eight years. Wow, she's known about it, and she just hasn't told you about it. Yeah. That's a terrible yeah. neighbor. Well. <laughs> I want to know yeah. um, after having taken those photos. Um, that always feels like such a great moment. You're like, oh my gosh, I finally got it. I love this animal. It's such a cool photo. That's wonderful. The next step is how do you make that photo better? So, like, are are you actively planning on going back out uh, in different conditions or anything like that to try to get a new uh, and, I guess, for lack of a better term, a better shot? Absolutely. Every I started shooting, started shooting everything, and there's these overcast, this gloomy kind of days, and I'm not a shooting these these overcast, scattered light conditions now, but. I want those bright, sunshiny days where I don't have to like overcompensate my my exposure, right? But the the bright uh, springtime green leaves with the eagle perched in a tree, or like have the background of my eagle all bright. That's the shot. Ah, I see. That's the shot I'm after next. Now, you mentioned earlier um, you go out either sunrise or uh, sunset. Um, is that just for light, like because it looks more interesting, or is it something to do with animal activity? Yeah, that's, that's well, the lighting, like golden hour, right? Uh, the lighting and the hour after is where birds are the most active. Mm. Like it's when they get up, like feeding time and then dinner time, um, right? I'm trying to be a hustle and bustle like we do, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to get there young and get fed and get to bed, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wrap up the day. So for you, um, when it comes to wildlife, like what is like um, what elements do you look for? Is it action or is it just more uh, documentation of the animal? What do you look for when you're when you're photographing birds? Bit of both started just wanting those action shots. You know, I wanted to 
freeze those wings in place, mm-hmm. that was a struggle for a minute. But the shutter speed I talked about, like mm-hmm. figure out how fast the shutter speed I had to get to freeze those wings in place, nailed it. I can capture that now. And then I have I have stumbled across an app called Merlin. Merlin. Just, okay. Tell me yeah, about this. I can photo I can photo ID a bird, take a picture and load it up into Merlin and it'll it'll tell me, Hey, is this your bird? What Asian day you took it and then is this your bird? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it. And then I can tag it and then document all my sightings. I've I have identified I think I think I'm up to 36 species of birds now. No way. That is so cool. What is also, like, like, is there a, a list of all the birds in Michigan? Like, are, are you on a, a mission to photograph them all? There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com. And as a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. But yeah, for sure. There's a discover there's like 300 and I'm going to butcher this or over 350 species. All right. So you're like 10% I mean, of the way. Don't quote me on that one. But yeah. <laughs> that there's a lot awesome. of species of birds and I'm, uh, I'm on a mission to identify them all. I like it. I like it. Um, I always find that uh, having some sort of uh, project or, or mission like that, um, Sometimes, uh, you know, after after you've been doing it for a while, kind of gets. Uh, I think with anything, after you you do something for a while, it can lose a little bit of its luster, you know. Uh, but every once in a while, you'll come up with a, a project or an idea, and you'll just get so excited to uh, to work on it. And I would imagine three hundred, you know, three hundred some odd uh, different species of animals that you want to capture. It's going to keep you busy for a while and uh, keep that drive oh. going, and definitely. What I think is so great about that is that I would be willing to bet that uh, that desire to capture all those birds is going to just it's going to be so cool to see your progress in photography from like some of those first photos that you took to like when you capture, say, three, three hundred and six, number three hundred and sixty or whatever, uh, just to see your growth in photography is going to be so awesome. So. I want to challenge you to, uh, whenever you find a new bird, post it in the community because uh, I want to keep track. And uh, we're going to do this together and we're going to have a celebration when you hit 360 or whatever it is because that is uh, such a cool idea. Sounds cool. So cool. Yeah. Do, you, have you, do you already have a bird picked out that like you want to be the last bird? We got, I already got my bird. The, the bald <laughs> eagle was mine. Yeah. That's the next step. You got to figure out what that bird is going to be. I, uh, uh, what's the state bird of uh, Michigan? Do you know? Uh, that's the robin. Oh, have you already photographed the robin? Yeah, Damn photographed it. tons of robins. Oh, uh, right. Well, like, 
like uh the guy I followed, the uh the uh, inspirational photographer, Simon Donchamont, said on one of his latest videos, like get an uncommon picture of your common birds when you don't when you're at a loss for what to shoot, right? You're out there just shooting all these it's kind of daunting, right? And then take a take a picture of a uncommon something the bird is doing that's uncommon, like an uncommon photograph of the common bird. Mm-hmm. And immediately when he said that, it popped in my head, oh, the dang robin. So that's one of my missions is get an uncommon photo of all these robin pictures I have. What but I, that's gonna be? I know where to find these. Uh-huh. Oh, hopefully there's like playful. Hopefully it's something playful where it's like playing with another robin, flying in a weird manner, or maybe fluffing itself up. You know, I like the wing flap when they when they're dusting themselves off. Yeah, wing flaps. I like I like those shots. I've gotten a lot of geese like that. Maybe I can get a robin like spread its wings all wide open. Maybe freeze them in place. That'd yeah. be cool. I haven't seen one of those. That would be cool. Yeah, it might be interesting to. Uh, uh, I'm sure that all birds have some sort of similar patterns to try to capture like uh similar photos of every type of bird you know like the same sort of framing of you know a bird in flight you know as a robin as you did with that bald eagle uh you know and then at the end of it try to like compile all these photos of birds together just so many ideas for projects this is so cool like i might get out there and start start birding because this sounds uh like it's like it's a never-ending thing yeah yeah. yeah. Very cool. I'd love to see what you get. Oh, man. It'd be terrible. Everything would be out of focus. How do you deal with that? Like, because uh, if you just have like a completely uh, empty background, like these bald eagle photos, we'll keep going with those. And um, your photos are in the group, so anybody can see them. The background, compl- you know, overcast, whatever it was, there's nothing behind it. Um, how did your camera do as far as autofocus? Oh, the autofocus is pretty good. Um, um, you try to stay with. Maybe a with my metering, I'm shoot with spot metering or center weighted. Mm-hmm. And I found that center weighted actually does me more justice than like the spot metering as far as the exposure of the subject. Sure. Um, the the focus I try to keep it dead center, mm. right? Dead center that way I can just track it track a dead center and a lot of times I have to focus way then zoom in to the to my subject and then that I have a better opportunity to snap some pictures while I'm zooming that doesn't always work gotcha yeah yeah I would imagine sometimes you'll catch the motion of the zoom in there and then it it creates (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's travel (laughs) like a cool shot but that's that's not that's not some stuff you (laughs) like put out there no i like it in fact i want to see those i want to see some of those photos yeah i want to see some of those because uh i always find that so interesting i love when people do that for stuff like um i don't know christmas lights and stuff you know it's uh it's a slow shutter so they'll zoom in and out and it just creates these these trails and this motion that uh is is not uh what you would expect and therefore i find i find it interesting and i would imagine with very active birds that could add something to the shot i don't know i don't know you you, you gotta try to just trash those but hey yeah next time 
you get one, I'll share it. Hey. I like it. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Maybe somebody else will get some inspiration on that one. Hey, you never know. <laughs> I want to know a little bit more about uh, um, your, uh, you know, you said that you found the podcast through just trying to learn about photography. Uh, but then at some point, you came into the group uh, less than, I believe, just over a month ago. And like since then, you've been crazy active, posting tons of photos, lots of variety, commenting on people's uh, posts, uh, sharing insight from when you go out and shoot. Is that typically who you are as a person? Because it seems like you got in and you're like, this is my place. I feel safe here. I'm going to start posting tons of photos. When earlier, you said that it was very scary to post that first photo. Oh, man, it's a great name. Yes. You know, the, uh, some of the best things in life are just beyond our fear, right? Mm. So, you know, you got to take that first step and just keep yourself out there, cross your fingers and oh, let's see what happens. But uh, everybody was so, everybody was so friendly, welcoming. Uh, yeah, I felt right at home and sharing everything. And, but yeah, that is, that, that is pretty much my, my personality. When you meet me in person, like you won't get me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I will talk your ear off if you let me. <laughs> but but I get kind of sporadic and off off topic. <laughs> that's all right. That's that's why I love podcasts. Is that uh, that you're allowed to do that? You can do that. Yeah. Um, are you a part of like uh, any other uh, photography groups online? Oh yeah, I got too many others. Too many others. Wow. There's a Michigan birding group I'm in. That oh man, some of these shots these people take is incredible. Oh, another exciting shot that I'm I am after is one of the bird and prey. That is capturing their food, capturing their meal, something in the talon, you know, or something coming back to the tree with the with their, with their food. Oh, that would be that would be phenomenal. I see people with with those pictures all the time, and I'm like, man, so good, right? So crisp. I always think of um uh like uh just thinking about bald eagles I you know just imagining the uh you know the fish in the uh in the talons as they're as they're flying away and how cool that would be to uh to photograph something like that uh so that is you got to get that as well I get that would be an uncommon thing right for a bird uh or at least to see maybe it is a common thing for a bird yeah well I guess if a bird is big enough to get a fish that would be pretty uncommon Maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know enough about birds. Yeah, they gotta eat. Some. Right, but I guess I'm sure thinking of like you know chickadees and stuff. Like they're not catching fish. <laughs> they're probably just getting like yeah, no, they're, worms. Yeah, they're going after worms or nuts or okay. berries or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then there you go. Yeah. There's your uncommon thing is is to get. Uh, uh, okay, here it is. Here's your challenge. Here's your lifelong challenge is to get one bald eagle with two fish, <laughs> one in each talon. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be. I wonder if that's. Uh, if birds do that, or if that's extremely common, or if uh, or if that's ever happened, uh, but you got to find out. I and I feel that like would be uncommon. Yeah, I would think that that would be uncommon for two fish to be close enough together, or for a bird to be like, "No, this is a great spot. I'm going to keep coming back here." And uh, before I take this fish back to the nest, that'd be wild to see. Yeah. Wild it would be wild. That would uh, be the uncommon shot. Yeah, yeah. it would be. It would be an amazing experience, though, just to be there. Capturing that moment. Oh, man. Yeah. Frozen. Um, Frozen time. I think of uh, like bears as well, like when they're in in a stream and then the fish is like, you know, jumping, Mm -hmm. like how cool that would be to grab a shot like that and to be so close to a bear, like terrifying. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine. I would love, like, if anybody's listening and is wondering what to get me for my birthday, it is a it is a photo expedition trip to Kodiak, Alaska, just to photograph bears. That, I think that would be 
one, the coolest, but also two, the scariest thing I could ever imagine in my life. And uh, as you just said, what was it? It was um, um, sometimes it's just just beyond fear. What was the quote that you had? Some some of the best things in life are just beyond your fear. Yeah. Yeah. See, I got to do it. Okay. I'm writing it down. I'm going to look into it more, more seriously now. I've got to go to Kodiak, Alaska. Got to get that bear shot. Got to get that bear shot. Um, uh, what else was I going to ask? Oh, right. So when it comes to uh, these, these Facebook groups, you mentioned the Michigan birding uh, group. And you said that you look at some of these photos and you're like, man, these are absolutely incredible. When you look at those photos, does that inspire you to be better or does it feel more uh, discouraging inside? No, absolutely. Absolutely inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh because I can look at it and be like, oh, man, they've been sitting up there for however long just to wait for that moment. All right. All right I need more patience. I need more patience because I will get trigger happy. <laughs> get out there and I'll just start shooting everything. Oh, and a lot of them go to specific locations. There's, I want to want to go. There's a, uh, I cannot remember the name. I think it's a Kensington. Okay. Kensington Park. It's like four hours from me. Well, that would be so worth the trip. Go up there. It's a wildlife preserve or park. There's acres upon acres of just wildlife. And you can bring the camera. Like, I can see where they get out. those shots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just take my hammock, hang out somewhere with my hammock, and just let something pass me by. <laughs> In the hammock. That is not what I was expecting you to say. Some sort of uh, some sort of blind or something. But uh, the hammock, that sounds much more fun, much more comfortable, too. I like that. <laughs> Roll myself up like a cocoon in my hammock and just point my lens out. There's my blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, uh, go, going back to the group thing, I want to know, um, uh, having been uh, very recent in your in your photography journey, is there anything in the group that uh, uh, that you learned or picked up that you thought, man, this is helpful, or I wish that I learned this uh, earlier? Really the exposure compensation that I could go both ways with it, you know, like under underexposing as well. That one kind of scared me. Uh, underexposed, but then I get those really dark images, and I don't know how to process that. And still a work in progress playroom with me. <laughs> <laughs> Why so? Is it just trying to figure out what all the sliders do, and how to how to select different portions and use the gradients and and you know the select subject? Uh, it'll it'll do good ninety percent of the time. Oh yeah, because you're photographing like animals. Yeah, I never thought about that. It does yeah, sometimes it'll do the sticks that it's sitting oh. on at the same time and woodland. That's still pretty I impressive. Adjust and it gets kind of weird. So, well, uh, if yeah, it makes really... you feel any better, like uh, uh, like 18 months ago, that wasn't even a thing, and you'd have to use the paintbrush <laughs> to to just oh, no paint way. in yeah your subject. So that's a relatively new feature that has uh. Wow. Man, revolutionized uh the way that uh that i edit because uh, sometimes you know it's it's great to have your subject properly exposed which is what you go for in camera uh, but having the background a little bit underexposed uh to kind of bring your attention to the subject sometimes you can't always control that in camera you know depending on whatever the background is yeah, so just being able to select your subject and then i click uh inverse mask inverse mask yeah in in, no, invert mask, inverse mask, invert mask. And then I just bring down the exposure half a stop or so. And I always find that that just brings a lot more uh, punch to to an edit because, again, it just brings your attention to the subject. 
So try that out next time. But yeah, uh, try that. Thank you. And with the uh, with the masking, I don't know if you tried this as well, but sometimes, you know, especially with brides and whatnot, it'll get um, if uh, if I'm photographing them like in uh, just out in nature, I guess, and the trees look as as they do outside today. Sometimes it'll think that uh, uh, the sticks of the trees are like the bride's hair or something like that, um, which is always so frustrating. So uh, you can you can um, adjust a mask you can edit a mask um as well and then so y- you would click um select subject and then let's say that it picks branches and stuff and then you can i believe right click on the mask and then click edit mask and then it'll give you an option like well what do you want to edit do you want to use like a gradient or a brush and then i use the brush to which is i use it as an eraser to erase the uh, the sticks mm-hmm. that it uh, that it chose with the subject and then you know, it just gives you a better uh, um, uh, focus on uh, or better, uh, uh, not clarity. Uh, why am I at a loss of words? But like uh, it just gives you better um, masking, I guess, of just your subject so that you can edit it better. So lots of tools yeah, to try out in Lightroom. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a ton of fun. I the brushes yet at all because I'm like, what does that even do? Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm going to have to take some older photos and experiment. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, let me see if I can. So I'm looking at uh, some of the photos that you posted here, uh, within the group. And yeah, I mean, I see, I see photos that you posted with birds on branches and stuff. Um, or this one of like, uh, looks like geese and ducks, uh, you know, landing in the water. There's this one photo of a, of a duck. Looks like it's landing. Uh, and it's, uh, it's bringing its wings, you know, it's like flapping and whatnot. And right behind it is, uh, just like the bank of the of the water, and I'd say that the colors like pretty closely match the duck. I would imagine if you used the select subject on that photo, it would also choose. It would either say, "I'm sorry, we can't find a subject," or it would select a lot of the the outer bank of the of that shot, which is right behind the duck. I would say try it on that shot, and then click the edit mask button, and then try to use the the brush as an eraser to just erase the uh, the, uh, the bank, just so that it's the uh, so the duck there. I don't know. Give it a shot. Let me know. Let me know if that works or not. Oh, but that's uh, exactly the photo you're talking about too. Yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, I, I find yeah. that uh, once you figure out kind of those. Uh, tweaks that you can make to the tools it makes it a whole lot easier to uh to achieve the edits uh that you're looking for um and it has always helped me to know the tool better in the editing helps me shoot better as well because now i know what i can get away with and what i can't get away with when i'm actually shooting so because there are some things that you you just can't get away with like i said like if uh if uh, somebody's in front of or in your case you know you're photographing a bird you can't control how bright the sky is or how dark the sky is um so if you know that you can just mask the animal and then you can change the brightness or and even the color of the background, um, yeah, that just helps when you're when you're out shooting. So I hope that was helpful. Oh, I hope you found yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I wrote some of that down. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm cool, going to cool. go, go try that. <laughs> well, after you listen back to this podcast, uh, hopefully it uh, it refreshes your memory and uh, and you'll be able to get in there. That would be great. Um, I'll be taking more notes. <laughs> uh, we only got a, a few last minutes here, but uh, I want to know, is there a, a standout episode of the podcast that you've uh, listened to? Uh, I think the one of the latest ones I listened to, the, the reason wildlife photographer had the giraffe photo. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, uh, Harry, Harry Skeggs. Yes. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you, uh, checked out his, uh, his work, any of his, uh, photos? 
Oh yeah, right, right in the podcast. I went and followed him on Instagram. Oh really? Oh how cool! How cool! Like, wow! How cool! Uh, cool shots of his black and white. Oh man! I know. Oh, how he says a good. You can what do you say a good. You can tell a good photo if you turn it black and white, and it's still a good photo. Mm-hmm. And it still works. I'm like wow, man! I would turn some of mine black and white. Like ooh. That didn't- <laughs> <laughs> well again uh within black and white you can still edit the image you know it's not like uh it's black yeah, and white yeah. and it's done so uh yeah no yeah. i i get it though that is uh that is good that was a really good uh episode and he is just such an interesting guy and to be able to do uh what he does is uh just so cool to to be able to talk to him yeah. it, it was enjoyable i'm glad that uh that you found that one helpful um uh, I know that listeners can find you in the group, right? You're, you're posting uh, quite often. Uh, outside of that, is there anywhere else where we can see some of your photos? You can find me on Instagram, Michael LC Photography. I post all my pictures. Uh, Michael, before I let you go, I just wanted to say that um, you know a community is 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 only as good as its uh, its weakest member. You know, and uh, for you to come in and not only take such a uh, interest in photography, but uh, to share your journey publicly, right in the group, um, and you know, ask questions, show that you're curious, but also, uh, you know, have conversations with others uh, is is really what a community is all about. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you for being a part of the community and you know just being as active as you are because. It's not only helping you, I'm sure, on your journey, but it's helping others as well. So thank you. Remember, this Community Spotlight series is all about you and the supportive Beginner Photography Podcast community. So if you would like to be a part of the supportive group, we would love to have you. You can find the direct link to the group in the show notes of this episode or by heading over to beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, the more that you shoot today, the better of a photographer you will be tomorrow. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week. 